Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey everyone, it's Sunday night. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. I have a really fun show lined up for you tonight. I'm being joined by our special guest, Kate Sheeler. She's a hypnotherapist and relationship coach who specializes in how the subconscious rules the body and how it relates to fear, pleasure, shame, habits, self-limiting beliefs, and so much more. We're going to be getting into some really spicy topics tonight, exploring how you can learn to understand your subconscious and leverage it to your advantage in relationships and in the bedroom. And we're going to be exploring topics like how to stop that negative self-talk, how couples can work uh, through fights in a less threatening way, how hypnosis can help men experiencing erectile dysfunction, exploring fantasies in a healthy way, orgasms, and how we can get more comfortable with dirty talk. <laughs> so let's get started, shall we? We have so much to cover. Thanks for joining me tonight, Kate. Let's dive right in because I'm so excited to get to some of these topics that we're going to be exploring tonight. Um, so, Kate, hi. Hi. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hi. So your career path all started, um, it's really interesting how it started. You became interested in hypnotherapy after experiencing your first orgasm with another person because of it. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey there and what you see through your work? Absolutely. So I had basically gone my entire adult life unable, or at least I believed I was unable to have an orgasm with another person. And I had gone through, (laughs) I had tried everything. As you can imagine, at some point that would get to be a pretty big deal and it would start to interfere in relationships. I can't imagine. So would would you pretend? Were you pretending? I got, yes, it was a journey. I would say I didn't immediately start there. You know, at first I would talk about it with my partner, but then they would immediately sort of jump in and think like, you know, hold my beer. I'll fix it. <laughs> every, yes. every guy thought he was the going to be, you know, you just haven't met the right guy. And so, you know, I would go through this, but then inevitably when I wasn't able to, it would one way or another get in the way of the relationship succeeding and, you know, and play a big part in that. And so that went on for a long time. I would, and I tried all the toys. I, I read, you know, read every article in, in Cosmo and I, I just tried everything. And at some point I thought, well, this just is how it's going to be for me. And I, then I started faking it. And at first that worked well in terms of the success of the relationship. And however, it made me really unhappy. It made me feel even worse. And this went on for years until I sort of stumbled into hypnosis. Okay. And And that really was the thing. Mm -hmm. And why was that happening to you? Well, I had, like so many other women, I had experienced sexual trauma. Uh, When I was uh, in college, my freshman year of college, and... So I had always been able to experience orgasms on my own. Uh, and, but then after that, 
experience after being assaulted, I really, that's where it started. That's where it began. However, I was a pretty high functioning person. So I felt like I was over it, if that makes sense. You know, I was able to function in my life and do well and work. And so it just didn't add up for me and uh, consciously why I was, why this was still a problem for me, but that is where it started. And it wasn't until I found hypnosis, which helped me deal with what was going on subconsciously that I was able to change it. What exactly is hypnotherapy? Uh, just some of our listeners might not know what it is exactly. And, and how does a, a session typically work? So hypnotherapy is, it is a tool, not a cure. And it is simply a, you know, it is a technique that you can use on yourself or you can have a hypnotherapist guide you through the process of accessing your subconscious. I can do this and I can do this myself at home. Yes. What I always tell people is that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis because it is an internal process of allowing yourself to relax until you can reach more emotional, deeper parts of yourself and do some of the work. And here's an example I give to people that kind of, you know, a lot of people think of hypnotherapy or hypnosis as some kind of magic or voodoo, but it's really very, very natural. I don't know, Laura, if you've ever been driving your car and you've gotten lost in thought and then you just arrived at your destination and you didn't really remember. All the time. Driving. It happens all the time. <laughs> okay. Then you've, so you've you, been hypnotized. So, <laughs> is this a form of meditation then? Similar? It's, it's like a cousin to meditation. It's very similar to meditation. The difference is in meditation, you are relaxing your mind and body. And the point of meditation is to think of nothing, right? To experience that nervous system relaxation where the mind is clear, where in hypnosis, we are using some similar techniques to get to a very similar place. However, we are using positive suggestions and we're doing a lot of emotional work in that space to give you new, better thoughts, new, better feelings that actually help you. So we're doing work on purpose within that state rather than trying to clear our minds. If that now, is, it pos- is it possible that some people can't be hypnotized because they're in their heads too much? Like, I feel like I would be that person. If someone's trying to hypnotize me and I'm like, my mind is wandering everywhere and I just like, I can't focus on what they're telling me. Is that possible? Well, you know, the beautiful thing is that anyone can be hypnotized. Absolutely, because it's a very natural process. In fact, you you go through this all the time. Just like I said, when you got lost, what happened during that, you know, if your subconscious is your warehouse of memories, it's where all of your behavior originates, right? It's your emotional mind. It also keeps all of your bodily functions going. You subconsciously, your body subconsciously digests and keeps your heart beating, right? You don't have to consciously stay up at night saying, you know, keeping your heart beating. And so all of these things are happening. It's very natural, this state. Every time you fall asleep and wake up, you pass through this state of mind. I don't know if you've ever been dreaming and maybe it's close to your alarm and there's a sound and you incorporate it in your dream for a couple of minutes, maybe a dog barking and an alarm. Um, That is essentially you're in that state where there's Elements of the dream world and elements of the conscious thought mixing together. 
you do that every day. For people that say, I can't possibly be hypnotized because, you know, I'm a control freak. I would say, are you really in control if you cannot relax when it benefits you? So, so the truth is, is that anyone can be hypnotized, but if you refuse to allow yourself to relax your nervous system, relax your physical mind, you know, use your imagination. If I asked you to do some visualization, if you refuse to do it, of course, you're going to make that process very hard, but it is such a beneficial process and allowing yourself to, to learn this skill is it's such it's something I wish everybody could learn because your subconscious is doing work all the time for you. It's always learning things and making connections for you all the time. So you might as well jump in and learn how to, you know, be a part of that process so you can take charge of your life. And how can we learn to master, master the skill of hypnotherapy? Is it simple? What? Well, you know, it's it's both simple and complex, just like our own minds. The concepts are, are pretty simple. We, you know, it's hard to just think yourself into a new behavior, right? Mm-hmm. If you could just do that, the life would be easy, right? You could just watch a TED Talk and think, you're right, I should do that. You know, I should eat less sugar. And then you would just magically be better. But, of course, we all know that that's not how it works. We have to get our emotional drivers involved. And that's where hypnosis comes along. Practice how you can relax your body. A lot of times people struggle with things like sleep, for example. And when we do things like we, you know, allow our mind to race and focus on, or we use our imagination in a way that doesn't benefit us, right? We lay down and instead of using our imagination to relax our body, we focus on the next day all the things that are stressing us out and we keep ourselves up. So one of the easiest things you can do to start to access that is to focus your attention on your body. Start with your toes, move up to your calves, relaxing as you go and focus that attention there. You'll watch your mind and body relax with you and you'll allow yourself to drift off into that dream world more naturally. And that's all we're doing in hypnosis. So just doing that alone helps you learn this skill. So why should someone look into trying this out? Every single person, their subconscious is always guiding their emotions and their habits. So you might as well get behind the wheel, right? Guide that ship into the port where you want it to go instead of letting it guide itself for you. Okay, we need to take a break. And when we come back, we've got so much more to talk about. Um, But right when we come back, we're going to talk about how to get back out there in the dating world. We'll be right back. Back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bilotta. I have a special guest, Kate Sheeler. She's a hypnotherapist and relationship coach. She's here with me tonight. And we're exploring how the subconscious rules the body and how it relates to fear pleasure, shame, self-limiting beliefs, and so much more. Let's dive into the world of dating, okay? So how do you, uh, do you deal with people getting back out there again in the dating world, Kate? Absolutely. I mean, that's a, this is something that 
obviously is, is pretty universal. Almost all of us have dated at some point or another. And with it comes a lot of emotions, anxiety and nerves, of course, and, mm. and self-criticism. And so that is something that a lot of people come to me for. Now, when it comes to meeting new people, a lot of us are new to the game or getting back on the horse, uh, as we say, after a long relationship ended. And, of course, getting back into the game, like you just said, can be very stressful and can really cause a lot of social anxiety. So what do you suggest to help ease this? Well, just remember, when it comes to anxiety, remember that anxiety is self-created. And if you can create it, you can control it. A lot of people don't want to accept when you're feeling anxious and worried, you like you sort of feel like it's happening to you. But the truth is it's happening within you. And if your imagination is, um, you know, your imagination is creating this anxiety, you imagine the worst, you imagine what people are going to think about you and all of that sort of thing. And it creates this sensation, these nerves, and sometimes, you know, even your body responds, rapid heartbeat, and, and all sorts of, you you know, you can't stop talking, or you can't think of something to say, all of those responses that come from this anxiety. But you can really, you know, use that imagination, that power of your imagination for good or for evil, right? And so if you can create that response in your body through negative thoughts, you can also create the opposite response through positive ones. I totally agree. Um, and if I may add to this, if you're, you know, you're looking to get back into the dating, the dating game, um, you should start with yourself first and know what you're looking for and what you enjoy and how you want to be treated. And you don't want to fall into the trap of trying to impress others. And remember that you, you don't need someone else to complete you. Understand this and make sure that he or she compliments you rather than completes you. I'm sure you agree with that. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) And dating dating can seem overwhelming. So you want to keep it simple. You know, you want to start slow and you want to move at the speed that you're comfortable going. And this way you'll find the process to be much less stressful when you keep it simple. And I can't emphasize this enough. You want to be true to yourself because being true to yourself will make dating less stressful and more fun. And when you try to upkeep this image that it's, is, it's just not natural and it can be very stressful, plus a forced relationship doesn't typically work in the end. Kate, do you agree? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And And so many times we allow the, you know, we're so interested in, the idea of being in a relationship that we forget to be particular about who we're in a relationship with. Yeah. And if it, and we <laughs> overlook the really flags that we shouldn't. Absolutely. Cause we're trying to just be in a re- any relationship and, and then we allow that relationship to set the expect as in we don't set expectations and boundaries based on being true to ourselves. We allow that other person to to set the tone and uh, for that relationship, and and then of course it runs off the tracks, right? So we really have to be taking care of ourselves and really understanding ourselves before we really dive into the dating world. Amazing, and also have fun with dating. Don't take the mm-hmm. process too seriously. 
you don't want to focus solely on the romance of it all. I suggest maybe finding dates that you both love doing and have fun while you're doing it and find dates that let you be yourself, like you just mentioned, and most importantly, get to know your date. All right. Um, So (laughs) negative thoughts about yourself can also have a big impact on your relationship for both sides, which leads to more stress. How can we stop these and where do these come from? Well, you know, our imagination is really where it comes from, right? And just like we talked about the power of that imagination, a lot of people don't want to, they sort of want to roll their eyes at the power of positive thinking. It feels like an old idea, right? However, almost all of us have experienced the power of negative thinking, right? Mm-hmm. When you, uh, and, and so if that, is, if that is powerful, so is the opposite. And, um, and so I would also say when it comes to negative thinking and negative self-talk, that something I like to tell people to do is a little exercise where, you know, if you could take all the thoughts in your mind and pull them out and make them a person, would you want this person to be your friend? And for so many people, they say, no way, I would want a restraining order. You know, they, yeah. it would be a person that follows you around saying, you're not good enough. You don't look good in that, right? He's never going to like you uh, and all of these terrible things. And if you would not accept that from a friend, why should you accept it from yourself? A hundred percent. I and, agree with that. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah. that, you know, you hear your own thoughts all, more than anybody else's thoughts. You're that person. That person is in your mind all the time talking to you. So really taking a a really uh, big part, an active role in auditing those self, those talk, uh, self-talk thoughts and, and starting to change them when you hear them come in and in an abusive way and get in and change them because you have the power to do that. And I think sometimes it happens so fast and we barely notice it before we, we move on to the next thought. So you really need to make the conscious effort to slow down and pay more attention to your thoughts. And this will help you notice when the critic is present. So I tend to be hard on myself when it comes to the show, for example, and my YouTube videos. I always want things to be perfect, and then I get upset when things don't go as planned. And what seems to work for me is I have this inner voice that acts as my own best friend, and then I start focusing on the things that I like about myself, no matter what the inner critic has told me. So I tell myself that, um, I do have positive traits and that nobody can ever be perfect. There's no such thing and that everybody makes mistakes. And that just seems to work for me. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. It's just that same idea of that. If that inner voice was a friend and you created a, an ally instead of an enemy out of your own inner voice. And the, and of course that has a direct impact on your life, right? And your confidence and your well being. So I think that's awesome. That's amazing. Thank you. And that's exactly what you should be doing. You know, taking a real part, an active part in, in thinking about those thoughts and creating, you know, a, a real friend. Now, as much as we wish all relationships were sunshine and roses, um, <laughs> they do take work and conflict is inevitable. This year, especially, couples are seeing a lot more stress in their relationships as they deal with new issues. Um, how can couples work through fights that come up because of this? Well, gosh, yes, right now is quite a time with so many couples yes, right on is. top of each other. 
Um, so it's, it is tough out there, but uh, it's also an opportunity to to learn skills because really learning to disagree and learning to fight in a healthy way is a skill. And it's something you can learn to do. Even if you've done it badly in the past, there is hope. You can still learn to be better and your relationship will benefit from that. Um, you know, of course, one of the important things is to use uh, I feel statements. And, you know, I feel like you, uh, you know, don't pull your weight around the house is a lot better than you don't pull your weight around the house, you. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, nobody, nobody likes to be uh, yelled at in that way. It, may, it creates um, an instant defense, uh, defensive reaction from your partner. And now you guys are fighting, right? So um, I feel statements are really important to learn to reframe things in a, in a calmer way because the truth is feelings aren't facts. Um, you might feel something, but it doesn't actually automatically make it true. And so it's so much better to frame your feelings with the I feels because um, it, it allows for that opportunity for discussion. And sometimes we're wrong, but if you automatically come in guns blazing and pointing fingers, um, you are not allowing discussion to take part to take place between you and your partner. Yeah, and I think you really um, need to watch your tone too, right? Tone is everything. Mm-hmm. You want to address difficult conversations with a soft, reassuring tone and dialing it down whenever things get too emotionally charged, because I know that a, a harsh startup is very hard to process in a calm way. Um, and think about it, if someone starts, you know, swinging, like you had mentioned, you know, coming at you, it, it's difficult not to swing back. So you want to try to approach a conversation in a calm manner. A hundred percent. Oh, my gosh. Right. Because like you said, it just like it's like a boxing ring. If you come in for a fight, you're probably going to get yeah, one. You're right? going to get one. <laughs> and also maybe trying to see the other person's point of view they, because they might see things differently than you but they'll appreciate your efforts and that you're actually listening to their perspective. And this is going to help decrease the defensiveness uh, and allow for a more productive conversation. And please, no name-calling. Once the name-calling starts, I think the relationship is over. Don't you agree, Kate? Yes. When you start to get nasty to each other in that way, that is a huge red flag. It starts. To, it's hard to come back from that. Once you start name-calling, it's really hard to come back from that. Well, it's hard for people to forget what you called them, right? So, um, <laughs> and so, you know, you just, you don't want to go there. This is a person that you have fallen in love with and, and just, you know, keeping that in mind, treating them the way you'd like to be treated is so important. Another thing that I like to say to people who are arguing, a lot of times couples find that they're arguing over the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, that is a signal, that's a signal that that's something you need to stop, take a step back from and look at. You know, it, so it could be something, something as simple as you guys are always arguing over, you know, the dishes, right? The dishes. You're taking cleaning up after dinner or whatever it is. And if you're having the same argument, that's when I encourage people to stop and ask a, a few whys. You know, why are, you know, you're, why don't you ever do the dishes? Well, you know, I feel like I'm working all day and I'm tired. Okay, now you're starting to have a discussion. Well, 
you know, why do you feel that not taking part is okay? Well, because I feel like I do this that you don't do. Okay, now you guys can start to have a conversation, you know. Why are you upset? I feel like it's about respect or whatever. So find out what you're really arguing about because it's not the dishes. Great advice. When we come back, because we have to take a break, we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to explore how couples can work through fights in a less threatening way. As well, we're going to dive into how hypnosis can help men experiencing erectile dysfunction. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show. Welcome back. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bilotta, your host, with Kate Sheeler. She's a hypnotherapist and relationship coach. We're talking about some spicy topics tonight and exploring how you can learn to understand your subconscious and leverage it to your advantage in relationships. And in the bedroom. Welcome back, Kate. Thank you. Let's talk about whether you're in a relationship or trying to meet someone. So many of us find ourselves making the same mistakes over and over again. Okay? And this could be with anything. You know, it could be smoking. It could be eating. Whatever. Why do you keep falling for the same people or repeating the same mistakes over and over again? Well, this is something we could talk about for a long time, but (laughs) yes, (laughs) for hours, but really we are creatures of habit and we create neuro pathways and we fall into this habit. It's how our subconscious works. Our subconscious makes associations and that is how it works. You know, I don't know if you've ever had an experience. I know I have of like, you know, maybe you're, you're 21 and you go to Mexico and you drink you know, too much tequila and you get super sick. And then yes, after that, I mean. for years, <laughs> yeah, for years, whenever, you know, somebody busts out the tequila, it makes you feel totally turned off. Okay. And that is the way our subconscious makes associations. That's how it learns. And it can learn in both good and, or negative and positive ways. And often when we get into these habits, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. You know, we, we can fall into these same negative relationship patterns and we go after the wrong type of person because at least in that relationship, it's familiar to us. We know our role in that kind of relationship. We know how to navigate it, even if it is not good for us. Mm-hmm. And so that is what is, is hard for that habit to break. I mean, even a smoker who has a habit that is, you know, a person who quits smoking or tries to quit smoking, the chemical dependency is the easiest part to get through. After that, it's the habit and the emotional association you have with that element of your life, with being a smoker. And that is what's much harder to change consciously than the habit itself. And the same thing goes for relationships, right? Even when, you know, that smoker knows smoking isn't good for them. Right, but they they do it anyway. They have found some emotional connection to that habit. So do we have and any quick tips? Thing. Do we have any quick tips for breaking these habits quickly? Because we have so <laughs> much to cover. I know, I know, we have so much to cover. 
I want to get to the erectile dysfunction part. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, that's the really spicy part, right? I would say reframing, constantly reframing. I know that, um, so I don't drink alcohol anymore, and I didn't have an alcohol dependency problem. However, um, I just decided for health reasons that I was like, I'm going to do this stop drinking thing. And I really had to, I did a lot of work at uh, constantly reminding myself of the benefits of what I was doing, of the change I was making. So if I went out, instead of thinking, oh gosh, I don't have a drink in my hand at this party, I feel so uncomfortable, you know, and focusing on the loss and the negative aspect of what I was doing, I really did a lot of work to reframe. You know, I'm going to feel really fresh tomorrow morning. I'm going to feel great tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm, I'm not taking an extra calories. I would constantly and consciously reframe. And I think it's that is a really important part of I, any I, change. Yeah, it's just easier said than done, though, because we all do that. And, like, my, I'll, I'll say, okay, I'm not going to drink. Then I'll go a week or two, I won't drink. And then all of a sudden, you know, people come over, I go there, and then it's like somebody throws you a drink. You're like, oh, I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> then it starts all well, over again. Yeah, totally. like, well, that so is, I guess I haven't worked hard enough. People. No, no, no. It, that's why it's so hard to consciously change. That is why um, I got into doing what I do, because I recognize how many, you know, how many people try and fail, and then they don't understand that it's simply how the mind works, and that they're not failing. You know, they're not doing anything wrong, and uh, that it's just how their subconscious works, and that there are other tools you can use to to change that, and you don't need to be mad at yourself for failing, because that only makes it worse. And if any of us want to learn more we, after the show, you're going to give us your website, and people can uh, be directed there for sure. So let's yeah. get into the fun stuff now. So with 50% of your business being sex-related, you have a lot of experience in this area, and, and I know that you help a lot of men who are experiencing erectile dysfunction. So according to the University of Wisconsin, around 5% of men in the United States that are over 40 have com- complete erectile dysfunction. And around 15% of men over the age of 70 have complete erectile dysfunction. Now, I think these numbers are low. Do you agree? Mm. I do, because people feel embarrassed to report when they're having issues. So I absolutely agree. I think that these numbers are really low. I think there are a lot more men out there that are experiencing erectile dysfunction. Now, I know that there are many physical and psychological reasons why men experience erectile dysfunction, and I'm, but I'm assuming in your practice you help men whose erectile dysfunction is caused by physical factors. So what are those physical factors, and, and, um, and how can hypnosis help men in this area? Well, you know, the physical and the, the emotional and the physical body are, are connected. And so I help people, you know, I, I always want people to go talk to their doctor, rule out issues that they might be having physically. And then I help people with the emotional problems, the anxiety loop that can create that negative response in their physical body and help them interrupt that and change it. Okay. And how do you do that? Well, through hypnotherapy techniques, um, you know, we have these, again, these habits and patterns that we get into and that anxiety and that doubt loop, you know, as soon as that doubt starts in the mind, it's very hard for the body to respond in a positive way. So through a variety of techniques uh, and using hypnotherapy, NLP, and using um, some... um, 
regression techniques, we really get in there and, and reframe those negative uh, belief systems. Oh, gosh, it's going to happen again. I hope it doesn't happen again. That is what is the killer. And so we really get in there to rewrite those ideas. Now, can hypnotherapy help men in their later 50s, their, their late 50s, or late 60s, or 70s, or is there an age limit that you work with? No, it really can help anyone. Again, it's a tool, not a cure. So I can help anyone access their, you know, their emotions, their subconscious, and help really refine the way that that works with their body. And again, while age makes things more difficult naturally, physically, I want to help get the mind in tune so you can get the best results out of your body no matter your age. We need to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about exploring fantasies in a healthy way, orgasms, and how we can get more comfortable with dirty talk. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. It's getting juicier. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, with Kate Sheeler. She's a hypnotherapist and relationship coach. Tonight, we're exploring how the subconscious rules the body and how it relates to all sorts of things um, and more with, uh, with Kate. So let's get into this very important topic about exploring fantasies. And exploring fantasies in a healthy way can be a great way to spice things up in the bedroom and to keep things from getting stale. How do you explore these and bring these up with your partner, Kate? <laughs> well, that is definitely a big question, but there are, a, there are a lot of ways to do this. And one of the first things I like to tell everybody is a good rule is never yuck anybody's yum. I've heard so, that before. Yeah, it's so important. It's, it's, it's sort of a term you hear in the in the sexual education world because it's so important. Nobody likes to be told that they're weird, or especially by their partner. Mm-hmm. They love that some of these sexual fantasies can be really weird. Like, and I wouldn't, yeah. you know, I don't want to bring them up on the air, but some of them can get really weird. How do you bring that up with someone? And I'm assuming you don't want to bring it up with someone you hardly know because they might be running really fast. (laughs) Well, listen, we all have imaginations. And because we are all such creative beings, our fantasies can also be extremely creative, right? Because we're humans and we have incredible minds. Uh, And, you know, people are really afraid to bring this up because they just they're less afraid. They're just afraid of being rejected, right? And, and criticized because that doesn't feel good. I would say when I talk to couples um, is first understand that not every fantasy has to be acted out. That's something that a lot of people think that if you have a fantasy in your mind, that it means that you want to create it in real life. And that's not true. Many fantasies just exist and they can exist only in the mind. And that is where they can stay. So that's watch something form, really important. Watch form. Yes. Oh my gosh. I form think it recreates, recreates your fantasies. There you go. Done. That's right. In a safe okay. space. You can just watch someone else do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you, that is, that's absolutely true. It's absolutely yeah. true. And if you are comfortable watching porn, it's a great way to start conversations because you can say, you know, what do you think of this? Do you, you know, do you want to try watching this? You can watch it together and it can start a dialogue. 
And you're not talking about yourselves, you're talking about other people, which makes it a little bit easier for people to start having these conversations. I also think that when you want to introduce your own fantasy, I always think it's um, a, a good way to get into that conversation is to ask them about theirs. And when you can start to get your partner to talk about their fantasy, they're probably going to be more receptive to, you know, and they might say, what about you? And so, uh, you know, and you're creating that intimacy loop. And, and the other thing that I would say, whenever you're having a conversation that is about sex, whether it's fantasies or the sex you actually had last night, talk about it in a neutral space when you guys are in a good mood. Don't talk about it in bed. Okay. Noted. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> well, dirty talk is, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get on to the next. Uh dirty talk. It's something that a lot of us get awkward around. Um you don't want to say the wrong thing or kill the mood. How can we get more comfortable with talking dirty? Well, this is something that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with. They ask me about this a lot. And I would say that it's important to understand that dirty talk is an expression, not a performance. You don't need to be a porn star. No. And plus, yeah. you feel, and, and like, I know, like, I feel more comfortable talking dirty to someone I'm comfortable with. So someone that I've been with for a while. I'm not sure. Well, I don't have one night stands, but I'm not sure I would be talking dirty to a one night stand. Like, I just can't see that yeah, happening. You know, you can always take the take the lead from them. If they start it and you like it, you can jump in. But by no means, yes, I would absolutely say comfort is a huge key. Comfort and trust uh, play a huge role. And also, you don't have to be crude to dirty talk. The name dirty talk is really a misnomer. Um, it's just communicating what you like and having some fun and playing. Uh, another thing is moaning is a form of expression, right? I consider that a form of dirty talk. It doesn't all have to be words. And another good hack, if you want to start this, but you're really not sure what your partner thinks, is use text messages. And you can always say something like, I can't wait to see you later. Tell me all the places you want me to touch you. Then your partner will text back and the words that they use are the words that make them comfortable that they like and now you have the recipe and you can start to incorporate that so i think that text right. messaging can be a great way to learn great advice i'm gonna to have to try that one day find a partner <laughs> it's fun, right it's fun <laughs> along the way okay so we have to talk about what's uh, known as the orgasm gap. With men reporting reaching orgasm 95% of the time and women only reaching it 65% of the time, there's quite a big difference. So helping women achieve orgasms more often is something that you help out with a lot. So where do you suggest that we can start to work on this for women that well, can't you know, have an mm -hmm. orgasm? Well, this is something that's near and dear to my heart because I struggled with this for years. And the, the quick tips, I would say, are to really focus on your breath. That's really important. When we allow our mind to, to wander, is it happening? Is it happening yet? No, it's not happening, right? That is not a sexy process in the mind. So really working on taking some deep breaths that relaxes your nervous system and it allows your body to do what it can do naturally, right? And sex is a natural thing. So focusing on your breath and start to come, become aware of what's going on in the room. A lot of times people get stuck in their heads. And to really start, you know, take a breath. Think, 
you know, what is the temperature in the room? You know, what is this? What does my skin feel like? Take a take in all of your senses in the room and start to focus your mind on what's really happening instead of allowing your mind to wander off in stressful, uh, you know, into all those stressful thoughts. And the last thing is, of course, when we focus on achieving the big O, we make it very hard to actually achieve it, right? The harder we try, the Mm -hmm. harder it is. And so that's why really kind of trying to be in the moment is so important. It's like being on a roller coaster. We go on a roller coaster. We don't focus on just the ending. We can't wait to get to the end of it. We want to enjoy the ride. And I would say the same thing about, you know, we don't just want to focus on the orgasm. Focus on all the wonderful, juicy things that are happening before it. Because that's, you know, that's part of it. That's, it's not just about the end goal. Kate, our show is over. Such great information. Thank you so much. Where can people learn more about all the wonderful things that you do? Thank you, Laura. I had so much fun. You can find me at www.katesheeler.com or on Instagram where I post a lot, at Kate Sheeler. Thank you. Thank you. And you can date during the coronavirus. It's a lot more difficult, but there is a safe way to do it. And it all starts with getting matched up by a reliable matchmaker like myself. I have packages starting as low as $250 for the year. You can check out my site, singleinthecity.ca. Just click on the matchmaking page and you'll find all the available packages there. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in each and every week. Ciao for now.